Today is Friday, September 29th. Welcome back to episode 13th of The Thermometer. Today we got a good one, a good one. We're approaching like the last three games of the season. We're recording on Thursday the 28th. So that means that there's three games left for most teams. Some teams have finished up their game today. Um, But this is when... This is when these last few games are really going to start to matter. And we're looking at tiebreakers now between some teams. And I don't know. It's a great time for baseball, like we mentioned last week. Uh, First, I want to start this week. We need to talk a little NFL just to kind of get us going, get the gears spinning. Nolan Thompson, we talked about the Minnesota Vikings last week. Yeah. I don't know if you still want to talk about the Minnesota Vikings this week or if we can just talk about something else, but they're the most exciting out on three team ever. They are. Like, I, I, mean, like I just think they go through periods in the game where it feels like they can just move the ball at will and yeah. not even like they just like crank off like 15 yard chunk plays over and over For and sure. over again, just because their passing attack is so good. It seems you know, like I mean they definitely it seems have, like a very smoothly run offense until the turnovers come into play. Yeah, but I mean I think a lot of it is fluky and they kind of a little they struggle with the red zone a little bit just because when they don't have a super over the top threat and they can't really run the ball. But hopefully Cam Akers will solve that and I think their division is pretty poor. So I agree. I I, I mean I think they still have his chance. Packers Lions tonight should be a good game too. Yeah, I think that that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, and one more thing I wanted to mention is that ESPN will explode if Taylor Swift goes to a Colorado game. Oh, <laughs> that'd be like, imagine if he pulls up on college game day with Deion Sanders and Travis Kelsey and Pat McAfee, and they're all together just like bantering. Like, I genuinely, I don't dude, like, think it, like ESPN could ask for anything more than Taylor dude, Swift. ESPN has is so annoying because like... Colorado just, has I mean, been like shoved down everyone's throat for like the past three and then they lost since the start of the season. They don't, no one cares anymore. Exactly. And then Taylor Swift was just at the Chiefs game. You know, Taylor Swift fans are some of the most annoying people. Many of them are <laughs> mentally ill. They live vicariously through Taylor Swift. So I apologize to the Taylor Swift fans that are listening. No, the Taylor Swift fans are fine, but some of them like live vicariously through her. So. Yeah, that's true. I agree. I agree. But we live we live vicariously through sports, so that's kind of like there's like levels to it, I guess. Yeah. Um. Let's keep moving on. Uh, AFC East. I wanted to just bring up this division because it's kind of interesting. You've got the Miami Dolphins who just scored 750 points in a game. You have the Buffalo Bills, who are obviously like they've been Super Bowl contenders. We expect them to be Super Bowl contenders this year. And then you kind of have the Patriots and the Jets on the back end. How do you think this division, if you just had to, you don't have to give a big reasoning, but how do you think that this division is going to turn out? One, two, three, four. Bills. Yep. Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Okay. Do you think that the Jets are in contention right now if they have Aaron Rodgers? Okay. Oh, oh, if they have Aaron Rodgers, yes. yes. But I think a lot of people are expecting them to perhaps make a move, but I just don't think it's really worth it for them just because they're already they're I believe they're on three, correct? One and two. One and two, yeah. Because they won they won at the they won against the Bills, remember? Oh, oh yeah. But they're obviously a very 
in a very difficult division. So, I mean, a lot of you have talked about Kirk Cousins, possibly, to the Jets. But I don't really think that's a real possibility just because Kirk Cousins is owed so much money that I think the Vikings would pretty much get nothing in return. Mm-hmm. And what's so then why not just keep him? Like, yeah. Even if you have a bad season, I think it's a lot more entertaining. I, I, I mean, I really dis, I don't like the NFL's format because tanking is like incentivized so much. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, that I, that's kind of like a super long tangent, but I think it is like a big problem with American sports. With what? With tanking? Tanking, yeah. I don't know. I think it would... I think we would have better games if there was somehow like... Like a relegation system. But... Yeah. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's probably true. That's kind of like a long tangent that doesn't really have to do with this, but... I mean, you see the NBA kind of trying to account for some... Like, they just made that rule about uh, load management... Look into it if you haven't yet and you're a basketball fan. I think that that's like a step in the right direction. There's no like way to police it, like, though. You could just say you're hurt. Like, yeah, that's like, an, like that, that's a not enforceable rule. Because you could just say you're sick, too. Like, there's yeah. there's so many ways around it. So, but I feel like it's easy to understand, like, Kawhi's been out for 10 game or they sit him down for two back to backs in a row. Then I feel like it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But like, what do they do? They yeah. launch an investigation to see if he was like, it was, it's like a Ferris Bueller situation. I agree. And it's like, like have a spy camera on his house and make and sure that he's actually coughing. Like the reason to do that is to make your team more competitive for the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot. I think the thing is, is if you have playoffs, people are always going to get rested. People are always yeah. going to people are going to miss games just because they want to rest. But Another thing is that that's kind of like they want the playoffs to have like these big marquee matchups. But one way to fix that would just be to have no playoffs and whoever has the best record at the end of the season just wins. But yeah, like that would be the only way to solve it. But obviously they're not going to do that. So and and a lot of other sports, it's acceptable to rest your best players if they're tired, too. So like, I think that's kind of stupid. Like, these are all, basically, it's all soccer-like ideas, I guess. Where yeah. Because, like, the in soccer, for example, sometimes your best player just doesn't play in a game because he's tired. And that's the reason he doesn't play. So, I kind of feel like it's not really a problem that the best players sit out sometimes. And there's yeah. really no way to police it. I agree. I think that it's frustrating for fans, but it's just becoming part of the game especially with like how like how long these seasons are like well, in they, baseball we know it's a long season like it gets it just it just wears on your body especially for pitchers and then for basketball it's more condensed don't they have but the in in season tournament now yeah yeah so you that hold on hold on okay now thinking about it that is has to be one of the stupidest decisions ever from the NBA they're going to be like we're going to ban load load management but now we're going to add in more games and there's going to be in-season tournaments? No, it's the same amount of games, I'm pretty sure. What? Okay. So I'm I don't follow sure basketball. Don't we're, not a, okay, we're not a basketball podcast, but I'm pretty sure how it works is like they have like teams that are matched up against each other and everyone still plays the same amount of games. I don't like. I think it's so... like You don't see that anywhere in sports. 
in like the four major U.S. sports. I just think it's dumb because it's like, okay, so you're like making it like just slightly more competitive. Like you're just trying to like boost ratings. Like I, that, I don't it know. is very weird. Well, I mean, I I would say if you're gonna do that, like I would be interested to try see a sports league try to do something where, like. T- like a American team sport do like something like golf or tennis where you just have like, what if the NBA instead of having seasons, what if they had like eight tournaments a year? That'd be crazy. Or like, like, even like even, or you, and you could say like, not every team goes to every tournament, but, or you could be like, okay, we're going to have five tournaments a year. Like, and we'll do like double elimination or something like that. And then we're just going to have, we're going to, have five tournaments and we're going to have like a month break in between each of them or like a month and a half in between each of them but yeah and then like maybe at the end of the year you could do what like golf does where you have like an overall champion but then not only would the tournament mean something then also the uh and then you could do things like play play a tournament in europe or like maybe maybe this is where bass but maybe there's this is where sports head is headed like We'll see. Let's talk about baseball, though. Yeah. That's enough talking about other sports. Like, we need to move on. Um, I wanted to – let's come back to the – let's come back to something else later. Anyways, let's move on. Let's talk about wild card matchups. It's wild card season. There's a lot of matchups. There's a lot of teams that are trying to fight for that last wild card spot right now, like, as we speak. Um, so let's just kind of go through the four – what, we're not going to be able to. We're going to be recording next after I think the first two wild card games. So instead of discussing who's going to make the wild card, it's pretty close to set in stone right now. So let's just kind of talk about these matchups, make some predictions, and kind of go through these four wild card series. So let's start off in the AL. Houston, I mean Houston slash Seattle. However, I think that Houston last night on Wednesday, they really set themselves apart by going up a game and a half. I think that they're going to end up winning this thing, and I don't think Seattle is going to make the playoffs. They're going to be playing Minnesota. So if we look at it game one, it'll most likely be Justin Verlander versus Pablo Lopez. These teams, I think, are the most fairly matched teams out of like I haven't seen a wild card that was this evenly matched in a long time. Yeah. And some fans that aren't fans of the twins might not know that. But like if you look at these the statistics across the board, these teams are like really close. Yeah, their Pythagorean um, win total records are the exact same right now. Yeah. Both ninety two and sixty seven. So they both have certainly, if you subscribe to that model, have been pretty unlucky during the season but they're both gonna make the playoffs but yeah or it looks like the astros will yeah yeah i mean i think the astros a lot of people tend to think that the astros are favored just because they have a lot more nationally known players but like sunny gray's been a better pitcher than justin verlander has been this year pablo lopez pablo lopez has been a better pitcher than framber valdez has been this year like joe ryan has probably been better than christian javier Yeah, definitely, yeah. And Hunter Brown has, like, I think his ERA is above five now. Yeah, he's been, like, he's been pretty awful. Well, like, he's, like, a really odd pitcher because he strikes out a lot of people, he walks a lot of people, and he gives up a lot of home runs. Yeah. But, 
But like for most of the year, it was like, oh, Hunter Brown is their three. Like you're good with Hunter Brown as your three. But now he's been getting blown up. So now I mean, Christian Javier and Hunter Brown both have ERAs above four five. They've both been really their, disappointing this expect- season. Yeah, they both for sure. Like you would look at last year and say, you have Verlander, Framber, Javier, and Hunter Brown as your front four. Like you're happy with that. You're like, like, like that's a top level rotation in baseball. But now it's like there's questions with Verlander and Valdez, and now there's major questions with Javier and Brown. Yeah, and and the Astros bullpen is definitely worse than last year too. Like Ryan Presley and Abreu have both taken a step back. Abreu's Abreu's been like pretty solid, but Presley has been. He hasn't been like that, that like really close to two ERA, like shutting, like he's had some blowups. Um, Brian Abreu is still, he's doing his thing. I know it's not last year level, but he's probably the best reliever out of that bullpen right now. Yeah. Another um, thing, I mean, are they going to play Martin Maldonado? Do you think, or they're going to put Diaz at catcher and like use think, Michael cause, and use Michael Brantley in a designated hitter role? I think that they, what they might do. I think it might just depend on the pitcher. Like it might the it might be a pitcher's choice thing. Like when I think back to the 2016 Cubs when it was like when David Ross that was so funny. When David Ross would like it was Wilson Contreras for every pitcher and then for David Ross or for John Lester it was David Ross. I could see them kind of matching up pitcher catcher based on how com- like yeah. I I don't think I don't think they're going to start Diaz at catcher for Justin Verlander if I'm being totally honest. Yeah, I mean that's sort of Dusty Baker is what he likes to do, but I've my personal opinion, like with how much a better of a hitter, like basically what you would be doing is you because Diaz will probably DH you'd be like replacing Martin Maldonado's bat with Michael Brantley. So Yeah. And that's a big difference. And that's a big difference. So no um, matter how good the defense is, a little bit hard to know. And obviously like another like the Astros bullpen like last year you'd be like oh my god they're like seven pitchers deep but like Rafael Montero has been pretty horrible like Ryan Stanek's been horrible so it's pretty and Kendall Graveman is like all right but then it's just like Narisa Breu and Presley and like that's yeah. sort of it for their high leverage you guys and I don't know it depends so on- we we discussed starting pitching slightly just now if we look at hitting the Twins and the Astros versus righties are like fifth and sixth, right next to each other in WRC plus. Uh, the twin, so when the Twins are going to be facing one lefty, the Astros probably won't be facing any lefties unless it's like Caleb Dealbar, but they probably won't face any lefties. But the Twins kind of this year have been known for oh they suck against lefties. They're they can't they can't hit when it, when it's when it's facing the left side. But, like, if you look recently, last 30 days versus lefties, the Twins are, like, third in WRC+. plus. Like, they're they're hitting the shit out of the baseball. Like, it doesn't yeah. really matter who's throwing right now. Um, and I think that that's huge because if they couldn't hit lefties, it was it, it's kind of like a you have to win game one then. Like, that's saying you have to go in. I don't care who the, the Twins are pitching, I mean, but you have to go in a game one against Justin Verlander and win. But yeah. now it's, like, you can kind of – like, you don't necessarily need that game one win, but it'd be obviously really nice to have. I mean, I think one thing I would say is that even if the Twins sucked against lefties, they could still win a game. Like, I think people yeah. way overestimate, like, how much, like, matchups 
the playoffs like people be like oh astros have a 90 percent chance to win the series like no team ever yeah. has that high of a chance especially for in sure. a three game series like for if sure. you think about it like i'm pretty sure the a's won a three game series over the braves they probably i season. think they did yeah i think they did so like that's something to think about when you go into the playoffs is that who wins i'm sorry for uh ruining it but who wins just has a lot to do with random variation and not actually yeah i was actually team. gonna like so what i wanted to talk about first this kind of brings us into what, what i wanted to talk about i wanted to talk about like which teams have the best like going into the playoffs who has the best vibes because genuinely i know it's so subjective but like there's like not like you said there's so much random variance that it's like Oh, I just like this is the time where you can just genuinely voice an opinion and you don't have to totally back it up because so what if the Astros are 13th and XFIP and the bullpen and the twins are 15th? Like it's so close that it's like you're flipping a coin. And even if like Duran can go out there and he could be throwing 104, Duran could go out there, he could be throwing 102. Uh, Presley could go out there and he could be getting really good movement or he could be getting really bad movement. Like there's so much variance and also like, like there's not. Well, not even that. I, I mean, you could think about it like that, but the Astros should just go the entire series with a 500 batting average on balls in play. And the twins could go the whole series with a one hundred exactly, batting yeah. average in play. Yeah. Like everything yeah. could just fall for the Astros. And I think, I mean, it's just kind of an odd thing to think about. Like if you take if you this is kind of what we were talking about earlier, but if we just remove ourselves and we've never seen Major League Baseball before, yeah. and this is how it used to be, why do you play on a 162 game season and then decide, and then decide who moves on in a three game series? Yeah, because think what's <laughs> three divided? Quick math. What's three divided by 162? Uh, like one point eight percent, two percent. Yeah. So in like it doesn't like when you play 162 like you just do it to get there and then you just have this tiny little fraction of yeah. like what you just did the entire season. But that's also why it's the best because like you head it into the playoffs and nothing else matters. I mean, like, I think once you're there. I, yeah, yeah. I think my people think like oh this team played really well in the playoffs or this team played really bad. It's yeah. more like this team just happened to play good and this team happened to play bad. Like it's just flipping coins. Yeah. Like flipping, I, I thought flip it was interesting. I thought it was interesting last year. They, I think it was, I don't remember who I heard bring it up, but how often teams that get a buy struggle, like when they play like their game one, their game two of the divisional series. Cause these wildcard teams, like they haven't hit like real pitching for five days. Yeah, well, they most definitely. I mean, they both most definitely have. Not, but not like in a competitive game. Yeah, I mean, what I would say is like, sort of like make this argument a little bit easier to understand. So probably the worst team that has like a fifty percent chance to make the playoff, or the is probably people would probably say the Marlins, right? Yeah, because it looks like the Cubs and the Reds aren't going to be able to make the playoffs, and the last team in the National League will be the Marlins. Yeah. And you say the best team in the National League would be the Braves, right? So people would be like, oh, the Braves are going to easily beat them. Yeah. But think about in the regular, like, oh, they're going to win the series 4-1, 4-0. 
But think about it like this. If the Braves and Marlins met in a regular season series, four games, and the Marlins had, you know, Yuri Perez, Sandy Alcantara pitching, like, I mean, you wouldn't like be like, oh, the Braves are easily going to sweep them. You'd be like, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a close series. And if the Braves lost three out of four, you wouldn't be like, oh, the Braves are terrible. It's like, oh, a good game. You didn't get a couple breaks. But when the playoffs, if the Braves would like lose their first series and get swept, people would be like, oh, it's like the greatest collapse ever. When in essence, it's the same exact thing. It's just at different times of the year. And also like you go, if I put this in like a betting perspective, if you go on most, like most books pretty much every single day, you'll see like the odds that a team like the team favored wins by two or more runs. It's rarely like above a 50% chance that a team will win by two or more. So that shows like how like the one run discrepancy is like very common in baseball. And most games are really close no matter who's playing each other. So I think that that's like really important to look at too. Like baseball is such a game of variance and just keep that in mind when you're going like, when you're thinking about these teams playing, like matching up against each other, like we're going to go through all these matchups quick and kind of give our picks. But a lot of like the season stats don't really matter at this point. Like they mat, like, but once you get well, here, yeah, I think, well, I think, I don't know. What you're trying to say is that the team with the better, with the better season stats makes their chances of winning go from 50% to 57%. Exactly. It doesn't like make a, it doesn't make them go be like, oh, they have better. They're they could be a better team in every single way. Yeah, and they would still. It just goes wrong. It's, it doesn't mean they have a hundred percent chance to win or yeah. even an eighty percent chance to win the series. I agree. So, I, I mean, um, I just think that's right. one thing to think about because fans will be so disappointed. Where it's like, say the Braves get the Braves. Say the five. Braves lose in five, right? And they're going to win over 100 games this season. And if you just yeah. add those games onto the end of the regular season, when you can't be like, oh, as a team, we won, you know, what would it be? They're what they're, I mean, yeah, like, oh, a 65% win percentage. Oh, that was a bad season. Yeah. But in reality, you won most of the games. It's just your losses came at the wrong time. So I think that also this kind of proves that, like, it's, it's really hard to say like, oh, we're, they're going all like from a manager perspective. It's it's hard for me to be like if I was a GM of a team, I I would resist doing the whole. Okay, this is the last year. Let's go all in. Let's like do everything we can because you can do everything right. You can win 115 games. You can be the one seed in the playoffs. You can end up matching up against the sixth seed in the, or the five seed in this or whatever it is in the second you, in the yep, divisional yep. series, and you lose. So it's like it's like you, really like it. I don't I, like you want to give your team as many chances in the postseason as they can. Yeah, I, I think when you look at like probably people would say the Braves are historically dominant team in terms of how good their hitting is. Yeah, but you go look on certain odds, like they have like a twenty percent chance to win the World Series. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, if this playoffs was played five times, they'd win only once. They would only once. So that's why yeah. I, I'm a, probably why I'm a big proponent of. I think I would call it like the Tampa Bay Rays strategy of 
just trying to be in the mix every year and hope you just and have I'm, a good playoff run. Exactly. And that's like, they don't go all in every year. Like, if And that's have, what they've been doing. If they have people who need extensions or are on expiring deals, they trade them for prospects who then in the next six years can get them into the playoffs and in the mix again to try to make a run. Yeah, for sure. Let's move on though. I don't, I don't want to just say none of this matters. Like I feel like, like I mean that matter, but it's just important to like yeah. acknowledge that postseason baseball is just supposed to be fun to sit down and watch. So don't try to like overanalyze it. If yeah, that's what I kind of do. Like when I'm thinking about it right now, I'll be like, what we're discussing that moves like if they, you think it moves the it moves, moves the, the needle like five yeah, percent in one team's way, but it's kind exactly. of boring to think about it that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, give your first of all. I wanted to like shout out Jose Abreu. We kind of like shit on him. This was in episode ten on September sixth, and I and I I calculate. I went on Fangraphs and I looked at this since we said. He's been playing terrible. I don't know what the future of Jose Abreu is. He has a 131 WRC plus since then. So apparently that cortisone shot in his back turned him turned him into like some like different Jose Abreu. I mean, I just think it's a coincidence. First of all, let me just apologize. So good work, Jose Abreu. I'm glad he's back and I'm glad he's hitting well. I will not apologize because <laughs> I just think it's random. Okay. I mean, well, I think I think. I don't know. He, I just, I saw him, I saw him lays a 98 mile an hour fastball off of Matt Brash that was in on the hand yesterday. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. Like, I don't if know. I'm playing, good. If I'm playing, if I'm playing wiffle ball and I eat a cheeseburger before every time I play and then I never hit anything. Stop. And then one time, Stop. and then one time I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to have a cheeseburger. And I go four for four with four home runs and a couple walks. Maybe you th- felt better. Throw a couple walks in there. That does not mean that when I don't need a cheeseburger, I'm just a better player. It's just a coincidence. Okay. And let's just move on. I, we can't go on. We can't I mean, do this dude, look lunch, at though. the batted ball date on Jose Abreu. It's horrible. Like, he doesn't hit the ball hard. He strikes out, like, on average amount. He doesn't walk very much. He chases. But he doesn't do anything to, well. He doesn't run. But, he's horrible in the field. But he's been hitting well since I said he was bad at baseball. So His it's max like, exit velocity is bad. I'd feel bad. I'd feel bad. Let's move on. I just want to, like, Jose Abreu, shout out. Keep doing your thing. I hope you do your thing in the playoffs to some degree, but not too much. I predictions. Think, give me, give me your three game dude, prediction for about the it. Twins versus. Think about no. it. Just, just go back no. to it. The random variance, in, no, in stop in a three week sample size, is larger than the random variance. Is lar- is larger than the random variance in an entire year, and the cortisone shot doesn't outweigh that. He's not. He's still not a very good hitter. But since he got the cortisone shot, he's statistically been better. Okay, but you could, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying he's a godsend and he's Barry Bonds. I'm just saying maybe he is going to the field and he is feeling better at the plate, and it is allowing him. Maybe to every str- maybe every faster. Maybe every struggling hitter should just feel a little bit better at the plate. Maybe just, they should. Just maybe try a little bit harder to do that. 
Just try a little bit harder. I didn't say harder. try harder. I didn't say try harder. I said feel better. That is definitely an impact. Anyways, um, let's go to give me your three game prediction for the Houston Astros in Minnesota. Game mm-hmm. one, Justin Verlander versus Pablo Lopez. Who wins? The Twins. Okay. Give me game two, Framber. Framber. I have Astros winning game one. Yeah. Framber Valdez versus Sonny Gray, game two. Who do you have winning? The Astros. Okay. Then who do you have winning game three? Uh, let's go the with Twins. I think they're going to start Christian Javier versus Joe Ryan. Dude, that's going to be an interesting matchup. It's like the battle of like the average fastballs, but they just have like really low VAA. Joe mm-hmm. Ryan and Christian Javier are like similar pitchers, except Joe Ryan's better. But yeah, they both pitch with a similar philosophy. Well, so you I, would, go... I mean, I would just say that the Twins are better versus righties, have a slightly better bullpen, I think. And Sonny Gray is a little bit better than Justin Verlander. So I'd say like the Twins probably have like 55% chance to win game one, 45% chance to win game two, 55% chance to win game three is what I would say. Okay, so you think it goes Twins, Astros, Twins. That's the most likely scenario, yeah. Okay, I'm going Astros, Twins, Twins. Congratulations to Minnesota. You've moved on to the division. Wait, so well, hold on, hold on. Why would you pick the Twins? The Twins don't hit lefties well. But they have recently. Yeah, but still, I mean, if you look at it, think about who they play. They play like Alex Kirloff, Edward Julian, and... Matt Walner versus righties and versus lefties. They play Donovan Solano and Jordan Luplo. Donovan Solano kind of rakes lefties. Yeah, but he's been hitting. He's actually hit better against righties this season. Okay, but go look at his splits. His, he's hit. No, I swear he has reverse splits. I just looked at it yesterday. I'm looking. Okay. Well, so going back to what we were talking about before. So I said 55. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the most likely scenario that the Twins win 2-1, I would say. just. Be- <laughs> but, I mean, I wouldn't really be surprised with any results. Like, if the Twins went 2-0, if the Astros went 2-0, the Astros went 2-1, I mean, I think that would all be reasonable results. But, obviously, the kind of the elephant in the room is the Twins' own 18 streak, which I think is like, it's sort of like the uh, the Chris Davis what was it like? Oh, what is it like? Oh, for 50 something? Yeah, like it's just. I think there was. Have you seen some YouTuber made a video and they like used data and calculated like the chance that the Twins lost 18 playoff games in a row was like one in a million? And I don't think that's relevant. I mean, people like to talk about it, but it's not relevant. The team isn't the same. Like, even if you go think, back yeah. to like 2019 when they got swept by the Yankees, the there's only three players that are the same. Yeah you go back and you're like, what is the 2006 or 20, 2010 twins have anything to do with the current team? I agree. And it's super unlucky for like, even if they were the Oakland, even if they were a 50, even if they're a 75 win team in the playoffs every year and play, they played 18 playoff games. Yeah. They would still probably win four or five games. Yeah. Not go 0 and 18. So it's just being, I mean, it's just being unlucky. I don't yeah. think that if they go get swept by the Astros, like the current front office or coach should be held accountable. Yeah. Because they don't have anything to do with a majority of the other playoff losses. Yeah. But I agree. 
All right, let's move on to the next series. We've talked about this series for too long. Um, uh, okay, Toronto at Tampa Bay. I have this writ- wrote, written down from like probably what's going to end up being the matchups. I think that Zach Eflin will probably end up going game one. He's pitched more this year, and he's pitched better this year. Um, I think that he's probably going to match up against Kevin Gosman. The Rays have been definitely better against righties. They're third in WRC+, plus, while the Jays are 11th. Don't you think? So I think I think that the Rays are going to take Game One personally. Um, what do you think about we... what do you think about the Rays like pitching situation? Because don't you think they'll go with Aaron Savali? Probably Game Three, but I don't know if they're going to do that or they're going to do the whole Zach Littell bullpen. Game. I could honestly see them doing where they just like they don't even have a plan going in, and then they're just like, we have this pool of pitchers, and like they we're probably just going to model. Fig- we're just gonna model yeah, like perfect. we're gonna figure out how to throw them. It's gonna be like in a very non-traditional sense because yeah, like if they have a super, like say Zach Eflin needs to come out after three innings, I could see yeah. them maybe putting like Taj Bradley in or even yeah. Aaron Savali if it's like like if Zach Eflin gives up six runs in three innings, throws a lot of pitches, they have to take him out. But then the Rays also score six runs, so it's still a close game, but they need some length. Like, I could, I could see them that. throwing, like, Aaron Savali in, even though he was, like, their planned game three starter and having yeah. to pitch game one and then, like, just figuring it out later. And you, yeah. you might not even have to play game three then. So, but it definitely yeah. hurts that the Rays have lost a lot of their starting pitching depth. But over the season, their bullpen has gotten much better. Like, I think their whatever their season stats are in terms of, like, the entire season, I think the Rays definitely, like, you don't want to believe it because their bullpen is like pretty much completely different. Like Jake Diekman has been like incredible. Yeah, I saw that since coming over. So if I just take it out in Chicago, eleven innings, he had a seven point nine four ERA, five point nine FIP, six point five one X FIP with Tampa Bay, two point two three ERA, three point two one FIP, three point nine seven X FIP. So like, that's not incredible and. One more guy I wanted to mention that the Rays haven't had all season was Robert Stevenson. And so he had like a slider and they like tweaked it into like a cutter or that's just how it pops up on Savant. So if we go pull up his numbers. So with Pittsburgh, he had 14 14 innings pitched, 5.14 ERA, 5.33 FIP, 4.44 XFIP with Tampa Bay, 37 innings pitched, 2.41 ERA, 2.48 FIP 2.25 X FIP, which is just incredible. I think what the Rays do is so I go look at like what his actual peripherals are. So his strikeouts is up four per nine, which is obviously insane. His walks yeah. are down three per nine. So what I th- the Rays like tweak your stuff to make it better. Like they make his they made they made his cutter astronomical, and then they just go. It doesn't really matter where you throw it; just throw it in the zone. They say like yeah. don't walk people throw your best pitch and everything will figure it out. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the Rays honestly have a better bullpen, especially because Jordan Romano is not injured anymore. But, I mean, I just would say they have a better bullpen, even though their season stats are worse. Yeah. And, I mean, even if you think about the Blue Jays, like who would even be their second best reliever behind Jordan Romano? I think Pete Fairbanks is better than Jordan Romano every way. Anyway, yeah, Jordan Hicks. I mean, he's solid, but... I just think that I trust 
I just trust like Tampa Bay to make decisions where like they one like I think make their players comfortable and they're willing to follow like statistics and modeling. I think that it's just going to be super interesting. Like, so you go Kevin Gosman game one, if you're the blue Jays, like everyone knows he's probably a top 10, 15 pitcher in baseball. Um, if not higher. And then like game two, you, so you want to go Jose Barrios. Like everyone knows like he's had, he's turned it around this year. He's looked better. However, like, if you look at the stats between Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett, and Yusei Kikuchi, like it is all like they're all very similar this year. Like they're all like you can kind of mix whoever you want. I still think they'll go with Barrios. I mean, just because like I don't know, like I like name value. I think like Barrios is, and he's probably been the slightly better than like Bassett this year, and slightly, but but like I don't know who you go game three because like the I looked at the Rays like. They rake both lefties and righties, so you can't really like, you can't really go against like what they're good at because they're good at both at, at hitting both lefties and righties. I think a big part of the race postseason success is going to be based on like how well a lot of their young guys perform because yeah, Brandon Lau's injured right now, Luke Rayleigh's injured, and then that one whatever gets going on with Wander Franco, yeah, which yeah. Like, if you want to talk about that for a second, it's kind of weird to think about the Wander Franco thing because there must be, like, substantial evidence and he might... It's leaning towards he's never going to play baseball again because imagine if, like, they made him sit out for a year, like a year or even longer, and then it turned out to to do nothing wrong. So I have a very strong... I have a well, very strong it's one of those that. situations where it's like, what is the day to day right now? I I know it's like we it's not a I don't really want to like talk about it for that long, but it's like, how what is, is the day to day like process of of like figuring out whether he's guilty or not? Like I feel like with the amount of resources Major League Baseball has, they should the investigation should be done by now. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Like it's these, th- weird... these things take a while to sort out too. So, um, but Toronto, Tampa Bay, overall, I like well, the Rays gonna... have better bats. The Rays, in my opinion, have slightly better. Are you sure? Pitching. Are you sure? Because they, they have better bats. Yes. Yes, but I mean, you're relying like Junior Comanero is gonna be a big part of your lineup. Same with Curtis Mead, Jonathan Aranda. And you really think they will? Yeah, like Jonathan Jonathan Aranda has been playing every. Day versus righties. Uh, Junior Comanero's been playing every day. Curtis Mead has been playing a lot. So it's... And they have... So right now... And Taylor Walls. I just, like... I just think, like, the bottom of their order, like, every day they've been rolling out with, like, Taylor Walls batting seventh, Manuel Margot batting eighth, and then, like, Bethancourt or Rene Pinto batting ninth. And I just think that's, like, a really, really weak bottom of the order. Okay, there's a bunch of reports that came out yesterday. Yeah. So Luke Rayleigh with a neck issue is hoping to resume swinging a bat this weekend. Yeah. So that doesn't sound like he's close. Jose Siri oh, hand he's... issue is scheduled to resume baseball activities Thursday. That doesn't sound like he's very close. Baseball activities? That doesn't sound like so like running and catching like I don't 
it's also his hand, so I don't know. That's gonna that's questionable. Yandy Diaz hamstring. I think he's gonna be back like relatively soon. Yeah, um, they, he hasn't been put on the IL or anything. So Brandon Lau is sidelined four to six weeks on the twenty third, so he's gonna be out for a while. He'll probably be done for the year, if not close. And I mean, those are like kind of like your main missing pieces right now. Yeah. What about Jason Adam? Because he's hurt right now. Um, let me look. He's strained oblique. Ooh, I, I think he's probably done for the season. Strained oblique on September twenty second. So, I mean, God. I probably don't think strain that... is such an strain is such a like you you can't really tell. Yeah. From just the wording of straining it. So I mean, but like um, I mean, the th- the weird thing about the Rays is that y- you've had Curtis Mead, Aranda, Junior Caminero. They have obviously all been up, and they've had all small sample sizes, but all none of them have hit well. So yeah, I mean, you would even if you think that they're fine hitters, you would think like one of them, like, and even looking at like X Wob and stuff like that. Like really, none of them have been good hitters, so it's just a little. It's a little interesting hot. to follow. Yeah. They picked up Ramel Tapia, who is like <laughs> horrible. What, like a below average bat? Yeah, probably what average defense? How does he? How does he have two thousand big league plate appearances? I don't know. He's okay, pretty, let, okay, let's okay, go let's into their lineup. Going, going through yeah. their lineup. You're leading off with Yandy Diaz. You got Junior. junior for people who I don't even know if we've talked about Junior Caminero on this podcast, maybe like once. He was a in AAA for a lot of this year. He was no, he he didn't. T- oh wait, oh yeah, Never mind. he didn't touch AAA. So he got called up straight from Double. Yeah. Okay, but he was absolutely he was just killing baseballs like the entire year in in the minors. Um. So he's he's got he got brought up. He's projected to hit second. He's going to be playing third base. You got Randy Rosarena, playoff Randy. He's a goat. You got Josh Lau. You got Isaac. Why is Isaac Paredes not hitting higher? I don't know. Because I, I don't feel think like he's, he's actually like. I feel like all the people above him are better hitters. Junior Caminero hitting second. Dude, he has a three. He's a below average X well bot in the season. Isaac Paredes. Yeah. Dude, he's he like. Must have dude, he's like the weirdest hitter point. ever because he. So in 2023, or. He has a 137 WRC plus this year. Yeah. With a 255 Babip. Hmm. But it says like his Babip should be even lower. Like last year he had a 195 Babip. And his oh, this is crazy. Okay. Think about this, Will. In 2022, 381 plate appearances, so a decent sample size. This is you said 22? Yeah, 2022. He had a 195 Babip. But his ex Woba was tw- was 25 points lower than his Wopa. How does that work out? Like his Babip like should be even lower. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Cause he's the guy he hits so many home. Uh, he hits so many home runs just because all he does is pull the ball in the air. Like here. Yeah. You know what I'm So pull though? up. If you like pull up his savant, like spray chart, all his home runs are like just in left field, right over the fence. Okay, here's the thing though. This is what I was also like thinking about earlier. There's really no like 
because weighted like there's really no reason to look at weighted averages in the playoffs because teams are mainly gonna like the Rays are playing three games at home in the wild card and they're probably like or like they're gonna be playing at yep. like about yes. half of their games at home. So, so I pulled this, yeah, yeah. So I pulled this from Fangraphs. Shout out Ben Clemens. He's the one who wrote this article. Yeah. So they made this chart. Pull it's called pulled fly ball performance. So like Ron and when this article was written, Ronald Acuna had pulled 26 fly balls. Yeah. Isaac Paredes pulled 77. Holy and his man. WOBA on pulled fly balls was 729. Yeah. His ex-WOBA was 344. So it's just because it's ball like so but no, because ex-WOBA doesn't it, account for it, direction. It doesn't account for direction. Yeah. But he's basically just pulling fly balls into the corner over and over and over and over and over. And, and they're over going over again. the fence. And they're going over the fence, even though they're not hit hard. So he's like because both seasons in his career, he's like last year he outperformed his ex woba by twenty five points, and this year he's outperforming his ex woba by like fifty points. Well, this is just a really interesting time to look at, like, because all the stuff like we use on this like podcast, we're usually using ex woba and wrc plus, which both have w's in them, which means they're weighted by ballpark, like they 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 disregard ballpark and they like have different ballpark factors for depending on where you play. So like it doesn't necessarily matter where you play because that's where you're going to be playing in the playoffs. If that makes sense. Yeah. But everyone else is playing there. So unless you have like a specific, but it it seems like he has a ballpark down pretty good. Like he, his swing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think it works with any ballpark because like most ballparks are pretty short in the corners. So yeah. if you can just consistently pull it to the corners every single time. Interesting. Let's move on though. Okay. He's like, uh, he has to be one of the most like interesting players. And he might be like one of the few players you could say has like broken the ex model because most yeah. players can't consistently outperform it every season where he's like way outperforming it. But I think we'll have to wait till he has some more career played appearances before we can definitively say he's capable of doing that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Toronto, let's, let's just roll. Honestly, we don't have time for the NL. We can do like a quick run through, but Toronto and Tampa Bay, uh, who do you have winning in how many games? I, w- I mean, I would say probably raising two is the most likely outcome. I just think the Rays are a better team in every facet, okay. you know, right-handed pitching probably. I mean, I think the Rays are slightly worse versus lefties, so maybe they favor Kikuchi. Like barely, though. Yeah, but, I mean, they could maybe pitch Kikuchi in game two if they value that that much, but I don't think the Blue Jays would really do that, so I'd yeah. probably say Rays in two. Okay. Um, first of all, do you have Chicago or Miami going to the playoffs? I have Miami just because they have the tiebreaker, and there's... So I think Miami, too, yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so then you probably have Jesus Lazardo versus this is kind of a so if it's Miami and Milwaukee, it's kind of the Wait, battle is, of isn't your Yuri Perez pitch? I don't I think he got shut down. Really? I'm pretty sure he did. I've I've not watched I didn't really even realize the Marlins were Um Yuri Perez Shoulder inflammation. Injury ends, 
injury and Jerry Perez's rookie year four days ago. Yep. Stinks. Well, dude, I don't even look at dude, they're dude, they're like the Rays. Like their injured list is could be a good rotation. Sandy Alcantara, Max Meyer, Yuri Perez, and Trevor Rogers are all down right now. Yeah. But I mean there's it's still solid. And so you're gonna be basically going game one. You probably end up going Hazers Lazardo versus Corbin Burns. Game two, Edward probably actually Braxton Garrett versus Brandon Woodruff, and then game three, Edward Cabrera versus Freddie Peralta. Um, game three would be interesting because I feel like Freddie Peralta and Edward Cabrera are two guys that are kind of inconsistent. Like they don't have a lot of consistent numbers. Um, I think that personally, Miami's offense isn't good enough to overmatch like the Brewers pitching. Like I know the Brewers don't hit super well. I mean, I don't but the they're, Marlins, they're the close Marlins enough. They're close enough to average to I think get enough runs across and to Lu- I think series. is Luis Arise. Have you seen like I the videos down, yeah. of him like hobbling around and stuff? I yeah. mean, I think it's just pretty much a foregone conclusion that like his knees can't hold up the entire season. Yeah. So I wonder it, like in the future if like he'll purposefully not play in the middle of the season so he can be prepared for later in the season. Listen to this. So just for the people who like don't really understand why a guy so Yuri Perez is 20 years old and this is his third year like in organization or uh professional baseball in his first year he pit like people who don't understand why he got shut down earlier and why he's like I mean he has an injury now technically but I think it was mainly just he got shut down um in 2021 he pitched a total of 78 innings of affiliated baseball in 2022 he pitched 77 innings and already in 2023 he's pitched over 127 innings so his arm is probably just absolutely shot um so it sucks to see like him not be available for the playoffs like he's been a good pitcher for them um yeah his injury says like shoulder inflammation which i mean sounds like he's sore his shoulder hurts and we don't want him to get injured is probably yeah what it's which about makes sense. he's 20 yeah um i mean i would just say like the marlins lineup is so sad like you have but john, so is but so is the brewers yeah like you have john Bur- i would say though the thing is is that the brewers have like a lot of guys who are bad at the plate but at least they can run bases and are good at defense where i yeah. don't even know if i can say that about the marlins yeah that's like, true what is like what does Josh Bell like really bring to your team? Some sort of like, like a probably one, slightly above average power. And like a 106 WRC plus with no defense or base running. You just okay, but you just have to hope like Jorge he Soler. It's a hot streak, yeah. Yeah, same with same with Jorge Soler, same with like um who else is in that lineup? Jake uh Berger. Jake Berger. <laughs> Hopefully those get, like you just have to hope they get hot, but it's the same thing with the Brewers. Like you hope Willie Adamas kind of figures figures it out. You hope Christian Yelich kind of gets. I mean, I think the, Mar- the Marlins have a better offense because you look. But at, I don't think it's that much. It's just it's not. That it's much really different. funny just because like you go look like yell like obviously Christian Yelich has got has not been the hitter we thought he was at the beginning of the season, but he's still obviously above average. But yeah. you like think about it, it's like and. 
they're going to have two lefties going too, which I think really hurts them because like Christian Yelich is horrible against left-handed pitching. Like they have like William Contreras, Christian Yelich, and Mark Hanna, and like no one else on their team can hit. Yeah. That's that's why it's like, I don't and, know. Well, I mean, it's just both, both like out of all the series that are the wild card series, I'm not very excited to watch this one. So that's going to be like the guard. Remember the Guardians Rays series? Last no, that was electric though, because Oscar <laughs> Gonzalez hit that walk off tank, and Jose Siri hit a home run, which is kind of sick. Yeah, no, but it was like <laughs> no <up>. run scored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll it'll it's gonna be a low scoring series. But yeah, I mean, okay, who, do like, walking, who do you have walking out? Who do you have walking out? So, I mean, I think the Brewers are a better team. Okay, I agree. I think that if Loki, I think if the Cubs were to sneak in, I think that they would win. I would, I would, I agree with that probably. Okay. Or I don't know. They'd have to pitch Kyle Hendricks then. Okay. I don't know. I, Actually, I just I'm going feel... against the grain. I changed my mind. Miami is going to defeat Milwaukee. I'm sick of just following. Like, so you don't actually think that you just want to? You don't? You just want to say something different? No, I just think we're gonna get. Okay, let's just finish with Arizona and Philly, and then people say and then, what people people like to say. Oh, you can't just pick all the favorites. It's like, well, yeah, it's the most likely thing to happen. Let me just okay, because it's let's not talk about Arizona. Happen. No, we're gonna swing back to this at the end. Um, I think so. F- Arizona at Philly, Zach Gallon, Zach Wheeler, game one, most likely. Merrill Kelly, Austin Nola, game two, and then game three is Ryan Nelson versus Ranger Suarez. I think that like this is a pretty close pitching matchup. Philly has been absolutely raking. You're, they've been raking against righties specifically. You're facing three righties. Arizona's been solid. Like their offense has kind of got the job the job done, but I think that ultimately, like Zach Wheeler and Austin Eller are going to hit their playoff form, and I think that Philly is going to. I think they're going to walk. I think that's the most lopsided series, definitely. Yeah, I think that's Philly's going to walk out into. Yeah. Okay. What I was going to say, I think the vibes in Miami are just higher compared to Milwaukee. Like no one wants to see the Milwaukee Brewers win baseball, in my opinion, unless you're from Wisconsin. Like. I'm not turning on a Brewers game and I'm like, oh yeah. Like yeah. let's go brew crew. Like, no. No. Unless Devin Williams is pitching at the end of the game, like I'm not that excited watching yeah. it. They have and seven. if Willie Adamas isn't bat flipping, then like like there's not much substance to this. Yeah. But if it's burger night. One thing I will say is that the hype on Sal Freelick, Bro swings an absolute noodle. <laughs> Does he, just, does he no, just slap it around? No reason to hate on him, but I can't hate yeah, on why, him. Yeah, why are we just throwing, sh- like, we're people just shooting were hyping, for no dude, reason. People now. people were hyping him up for having a 74 WRC plus in AAA yeah. this season. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, crazy. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, so I think Philly is going to win in two because of vibes. I think that Miami is going to win in three. And then I'm going to have... Tampa winning two, and I'm gonna have Minnesota winning three. Nolan, give give me your rundown of all four of those series, and then Minnesota, we can come back and decide who's right. Minnesota in three. Um, why I said Tampa in three, uh, Milwaukee in three, and then Philly in two. Okay, there we go. Um, let's go. I'm just gonna look at. We're gonna do our home run. We both went. We both lost our home run picks last time, but tonight 
we're not going to miss because the Dodgers in Colorado over under is set at 11 and a half. Ryan Yarborough is on the bump against Chris Flexen. Chris Flexen is a casual one and eight with a 7.01 ERA. Who do you have hitting a tank in the Dodgers and Rockies? And you can't say, actually, I don't care who you say. Go Max Muncy. Max Muncy. Okay. I have, I'm going to go with, I cannot pick someone from this poverty Rockies lineup. No, you can pick God. It is so bad. Besides Nolan Jones, he's kind of a baller. Um, is dude Ezekiel Tovar is so fun to watch, but he should be hitting ninth. All right, I'll go Freddie. Freddie Freeman's hitting a tank tonight. Max Muncy is hitting a tank, according to Nolan. Thank you guys for listening to episode thirteen of the Thermometer. Uh, it's Wild Card Weekend. There's a lot going on in baseball. Sit down, watch some baseball. Uh, I guess wild Card Week. Now, yeah, Wild Card it's Week. It's like during yes. the week, I guess. Which is kind of yes. weird, but but we'll be recording. We'll get an episode out by uh, the Friday, the Friday following the one that you're listening to right now. Um, thanks for listening. Take it easy. See you guys later. Thank you. Bye.